I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7. And here we are. We looked it up this time. Yep. So we know this is episode 18. 1 8. That's right, episode 18. It's pretty good. It's uh, pretty good run. Yeah, not bad. Not yeah. bad. Um, we haven't recorded since PAX. That's right. We did, we did go down there. Uh, showed off the game I'm working on with a bunch of other rad people called Firewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, people seem to really dig it. Yep. You showed off Viking Squad. I did at the Seattle Indie Expo. Thanks so much to those guys for uh, hosting us. That was great. Super, yeah. super great I think time. a few listeners might have stopped by they in did. both cases, which is awesome. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, unfortunately, the I mentioned Firewatch because uh, our, our big demo presentation thing started half an hour after the Netrunner no. tournament at PAX did. Right. Uh, so I was not able to play in that, unfortunately. Did you know anyone that went? Uh, a couple Vancouver folks went. Oh, cool. Um, and I think they actually did pretty well. Nice. Yeah, I think the guy who came in second was a was a Vancouver player. Super. Yeah, I think so. Go Vancouver. Oh, Good. yeah, indeed. Good Represent. job. Good job. Um, yeah, uh, but I did swing by there, met a couple met a couple folks, Jaffer and uh, Ian, both from FFG. Got to hang out with those guys for a bit. It was really cool. Oh, awesome. Um, it seems like they were trying out like the new sort of pod-based tournament format. Oh. Um, which is rather than having... I don't know if this is a thing they want to do universally or just for like more time-sensitive... Events like conventions and yep. stuff. Um, I mean, I think it'd probably be good just to do universally. But rather than having, like, a huge number of Swiss rounds that scales up with the number of players. So, like, when we went down to the re- regionals in Seattle, there were six rounds of Swiss. Yep. And then the elimination after that. Yeah. Which is just... It was too I much. I love Netrunner, but that's too much <laughs> Netrunner. too much Netrunner, yeah. At, at least for one day. Yeah. Um, so I think the pod tournament format that they were trying out was basically rather than having just a giant pool of Swiss, they kind of break everybody down almost into little mini Swiss tournaments. Like um, like, like arbitrarily or like how do they? Yeah, I think it's just random. Oh, and okay. then it's like, you know, you, I don't know, I don't know what the numbers are, maybe like eight or 12 people. It's right. like you all are just going to play Swiss against each other for three or four rounds. And then the top two people out of there are going into the bracket. Oh, and like, so the bracket happens much sooner. Yeah, so, so people still, you, yeah, okay, okay. That so makes basically sense. you save like two whole full rounds, which ends up probably That's being ultimately like... Three hours. Yeah, two, 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 two and a half, yeah. three hours, um, which is cool. It seemed to work out, so maybe that's a thing we'll see. That's cool. I like that because I'm... Deployed I, more globally. It's always weird seeing these, these these final games online when people record them and they, they play them. And the last rounds, you're like, wow, that's a strange mistake. And it's like, yeah, it's because they're It's they're like destroyed. 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> and they're really tired, and I don't think they're playing their best. Yes. And yeah, I yeah. think... Uh, I think it's going to be cool. I think that's a nice, at least it's cool to see they're trying and they're addressing the fact that, yeah. Uh, the tournaments can go kind of long. Kind of long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at some of the bigger events, they're also splitting it up over two days. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I heard about that and that's going to be cool. Like, yeah, that's, where like day one is all the eliminate, like the early rounds and then day, and then two, day two is just pure bracket man, man. So if you don't end up with the bracket, you can do other stuff on the second day or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's kind of cool too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we also were able to hang out with another reader recently who was just happened to be randomly in, in vacation Vancouver. yeah uh, doing the most canadian vacation yeah i think i've ever heard yeah uh <laughs> stefan from from york in the uk um a good representative of the apparently not huge but very cool scene in york right, right. Uh, but yeah he was just over here on vacation and just like what day one what was it he had poutine yep uh saw bare naked ladies. ladies in stanley park yeah and there was one other thing. Well, the, the next day he was going up gr- the grouse grind. Yeah, the next day he was going up the grouse grind. But there's something else that same day. I don't know, something else very... 
he was he was bathing in Canadiana. Yeah, suffice it, is. it to say. Yeah, it was, it was, cool. it was very cool. Yeah, yeah it was great to hang out. Yep, he, he came by uh, the 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 game night at Starlet Citadel, which is on Wednesdays here in town, and just played with some random folks and seemed to have like a really good time. And I think that is a very cool way to to spend like you know a few hours one evening of your vacation. If you yeah. spent your entire vacation playing <laughs> Netrunner, be like, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. But like, you're on vacation to relax, and, like playing games and meeting cool people you haven't met before and stuff. Like that's that's relaxation. Yeah, that's perfectly good use of a few hours one one evening. Definitely. So thanks a lot for dropping by Stefan yeah, we awesome. had a great time it was awesome yeah, and if anybody else ever happens to be in Vancouver just drop Jesse and I a line and we'll play yeah. some games and grab a pint yep yeah, totally sounds great Um, but but we're back we're talking today because we've made contact a first contact a first contact I'm gonna go excellent yeah and then uh, good night everybody <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third uh, data pack in the lunar cycle Um, it was it's interesting it's cool I think I think I'd like the runner stuff in here maybe a little bit sure. more. That's cool because last time I think it was all corp, yeah. I believe. Last last time a lot of the section it seemed to be on the corp side, so it's cool. But there's there's good stuff on both sides here. Yep. Oh sure. and as always, there's always great stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um I think we'll start with the with the corp side of stuff yeah. first. Um what so what? What of of the things in there, what jumped out at you? Uh the the <clears throat> sorry, corp side, what I found absolutely like uh pretty game-changing and i think we need to talk about it a little bit longer than maybe other cards is actually cronus project oh yes which yes. is a oh man a, so it's it's a neutral agenda a three one yep and here we go uh when you score cronus project the runner removes all cards in his or her heap from the game yep and that's it that's basically all of them that's all it does now this this uh it it crushes. It crushes a few decks. Like not. It, it isn't. It isn't a silver bullet. It's like. Yeah. It's like a silver shotgun round because <laughs> it hits a lot of recursion decks. Yeah. Uh, sh- it ruins shaper. It's. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Like that. The kind of you know if someone is just like constantly test running, clone shipping, scavenging parasites out and eating all of your ice. You're just like you score this, and it's like well, two of your parasites test runs. You can you can run levy, but all that stuff's not coming back. All yeah. that stuff's just gone. Yeah, uh, it's it seems like a crazy crazy power power card, and and so you've actually been hit by it. Yes, right? I, I played a little bit on Octagon, and I was definitely on the uh, on the receiving end. And was it hard to come back, or did you just not come back? I did not come. Did not come back. So I mean, it, it was like it, but the reason why it's I mean it's it's an awesome agenda is that like. It's also garbage if you scored at the wrong time. I mean, it's not garbage. You get a point, whatever. But it's like, if if they have like two events in their in their heap and that's it, sure. Like who, who you'd much rather score Gila hands than this because mm-hmm. Gila hands is going to be paying you money for the rest of the game. This yeah. is like, okay, we'll remove those two cards, I guess. Yeah. So then you end up as the corporation. You're like, oh, well, should I like put this on the board, but then just leave it, and they'll just assume it was like you know, an unused Jackson Howard sure. or failed a, trap. a failed trap or whatever. And then once they finally dump a lot of stuff into the heaps that they're, they're probably going to be recurring in the future, you just go, okay, score it. All that stuff is gone. Yeah. But then you've got uh, anything that like, cause in general, right? Most of the time it's, if you get an agenda, you want to score it as soon as you have a safe opportunity to do so. Right. Like the only ones, I mean, there are a few that are an exception to that. Um, a lot of more recent ones, like Philotic and Tangamut, for example, right, kind of does the same thing. Where yeah, it's like, you want something in in play before you're going to be. Yeah, you want them score. to have several things in their score area, so then you hit them with Philotic, they take a bunch of extra damage. Like seeing Philotic early sucks. Yeah. So yep. similarly with this, like seeing Cronus Project early, 
also kind of isn't great. Yeah, and, and and so it's it's more that conditional agenda, which I think is really cool. Like, yeah. like Pryrec is still a very conditional agenda. Like, right. you sure you want to score Pryrec for the three points, but if you don't res that ice or res something, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Crummy, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, uh, but but a huge power swing because I'm I've also been recently just decimated by some grave, uh, sorry, a heap recursion decks. Yeah. And I'm just like, if I, it, and I've had windows where I could score a three, one, like it wouldn't be that difficult for right. me to, to score yeah. and it would just ruin their day. So yeah. it's cool to see something this, like, it seems so severe. The right. the severity of the card is why it's, I like it. It's severe, but conditional sure. in a way that's like cool and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like it. So like yeah, first, first, first glance, I definitely was drawn to it. Yep. Yep. It, it leaps out. Um, another thing that's definitely interesting that I've also been on the uh, unfortunate receiving end of, <laughs> uh, and we saw this earlier in the Overdrive draft, but Eliza's Toy Box. Oh, yeah. That's it right. Is, it's an HB asset. It has a res cost of four. It's just two influence, so anybody can grab it. It's four trash cost. That's not... That's yeah, relatively decent. expensive. Decent. Um, it, it has one ability, which is spend three clicks, res a card, ignoring all, all costs. costs. All of them. Oh, so Archer is free. Yep. Uh, Wotan's free. Wotan's free. The thing that I was on the receiving end was uh, was an R and D that had not one but two free Janices on it. Oh wow. Yeah. Aren't it you... sucks. Holy cow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So so crazy card. Um, it's and it costs it costs your whole turn, right? Yep. It's like a virus wipe, but man, like free res Janus, free res. Yeah. There's some madness there. That yeah, is... it's cool. I mean, the other thing that's interesting about it is it kind of encourages big ice decks right yeah um but there are also vulnerabilities to big ice where you know okay you spend a bunch of you you spend a bunch of time instead of money with eliza's toy box to bring them up but then they can just get hit with like emergency shutdown yep. or whatever and then your eliza's is also trash you're like oh crap what do i do it's not like it turns big ice decks into something that's invulnerable right but it gives you a way to kind of like do a little the, the big obviously the big problem with big ice decks is like the initial setup like you can lose before you get set up yeah right so the fact that you can have this and it lets you get a little bit more you know breathing room early on and sure then gather up your money so then later if some stuff gets shut down or whatever you can just pay to bring it back yeah and you can also yes yeah, you can save your money with this card yeah right like it's it's three three clicks to res like a 15 cost ice that's five credits uh, a click really when when in, <laughs> right. the, in, in the grand scheme of things and plus you're resing stuff on your terms yeah instead of uh nasir sneaking in and forcing you like do you want right. to res this or not oh this god is... yeah nasir hates this oh yeah this oh man he hates it so much <laughs> yeah this oh this, god yeah. Oof. this is like an oversight ai on 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 command yeah um, very very cool card i, th I think it's 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 neat because when that hits, you're playing a different game in Netrunner. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, uh, I'll read this, you go. Yeah. Okay, and now I have four clicks to work my way around this or else I can't. I, yeah. I'm not getting it. Yeah, but the fact that it's HB still means that, I mean, someone else could import this. Like, probably the smartest, of course, is Waylon. Waylon, yeah, because they got um, the eyes they want to make. Yeah, but with HB, it's like, okay, they pay a bunch of money to res a Heimdall too. It's like, well, if you still really need to get into that yeah. server... Just for a point uh, of brain damage, no you, problem. you can still do it. For sure. So the fact that it's in HB, of course, makes the most sense on, like, a number of fronts. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, very, very, very cool. And we also saw a bit of it in the draft, which is cool. We, yeah. I'm glad we can finally talk about it, because it's a crazy card. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, in I think in the draft, uh, someone used it to bring up a Hadrian's Wall and a Tollbooth. 
Nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had, it was um, not good. I was actually playing another Stefan actually, and oh, he right. he res an archer and a Sarugi, but I actually had a switchblade out, so it really Ooh. didn't matter. It was it was right. really sad because it was so he had a perfect he had a, the perfect time. Right, playing against any other deck, any other deck would have just sung. But right. uh, yeah, cool. Um, mm. What else? What else? We got we well, we got uh, Grail got some teeth. Yes, Grail Ice got some teeth through Lancelot. Yep, which is the four cost sentry. Uh, and two strength. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, two strength, four cost sentry, and one influence, one, one influence because the otherwise neutral. Otherwise neutral. Yep. And uh, the his one subroutine is trash a program. Yep. But that's cool because you can throw this thing on when Galahad reses. You can yep. show off two Lancelots yep. in your hand, and you get to choose the order that the subroutines are in. Sure. So, so trash, trash, and the run, and the run. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so that's so so Grail got some teeth. Like we're starting to see how some really cool interactions. Yeah. I think uh, the um. What's the third one is... Uh, Merlin. Merlin, yeah. And so that's, we yeah. also saw that in the Overdrive draft. It's um, a code gate. Yes. Uh, deals two net damage. Yeah. So it'll be cool Like when I think... When all three pieces of Grail Ice yep. are, are, are available, then I think Foundry especially is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, yeah. So, so it was great to see Grail Ice uh, come in. Yeah. Initially, I was like... Even when I saw the draft, I was like, I don't know, this seems a little weird. Like, it, it was pretty potent in the draft, and mm -hmm. now, like, actually seeing them properly available, it's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. And, yeah. I, and I like the influence cost, too. Like, they're going to be pretty interesting cards to play with. Mm -hmm. And again, we've talked about this before, but I like that you can take the strong ones and save them for early or save yeah. them for later. Like, yeah. it, and I, 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 too, also like a card with a small amount of influence that basically encourages you to pack all of them. Yeah, oh, like, that's sure. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's a big opt-in. I think that's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, well, another thing that that I actually liked, uh, just because I am me, is Kitsune. Uh, is Kitsune <laughs> nailed it? Um, she's a piece of Jinteki ice. Uh, it's a trap. So, AI breakers only. Right. Basically, uh, three strength, two to res. Two influence, but probably no one will ever import this aside from. Eh, nah, I don't not. think so. Uh, just once. <laughs> uh, say you want to send to space camp in Wayland. You want? That's true. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, just one subroutine where the court when encountered. Uh, oh, sorry, not when encountered, but the the one subroutine on Kitsune is the corp may choose a card in HQ. The runner accesses that card. If he or she does, trash Kitsune. So. It's kind of like a data mine, except you pick the card they're going to access. Of course, you're going to want them to be accessing a trap most of the time. So yep. really, that means ideally snare if you have the money, or hypothetically shock, or... I guess she Q, does that work? Or she Q, yep. Right, um, okay. Yeah, the uh, psychic field has to be installed. Right, that won't work. So that one won't work. Um if if for some reason the runner hit this and they had less than two credits, you could show them a fetal. Yeah. A fetal AI. That I guess that's true, yeah. Okay. Because they just take the damage, wouldn't be able to steal it. Um But so what's what's really interesting with Kitsune is is combining it with Chum, right? Because because it's a trap, it unless again they're running an AI breaker, they're probably not gonna be able to break this. So even if the, so often like the runner, if they've got all their breakers out, or the ability to like snatch whatever breaker they want with like a self-modifying code or whatever, they right. usually just run straight through Chum. Yeah. But because this is a trap, and it's not even an AP trap, like Chum into Data Mine could be circumvented because Data Mine is technically AP, so you could Deus defeat Ex. it with Deus Ex. Sure. But with this, all it is is Mythic. That's so, it. It's a so, Mythic trap. So you're saying that don't use the subroutine, just Chum off it. 
So it stays alive? Is that no, what you're no, 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 no. Oh, okay, sorry. I mean, I guess you could do that just to give them two net damage. Because it is... Um, well, three, is corp it? may choose. Oh, so hypothetically, okay. you could just hit them with three damage. Yeah. But you go, like, chum into this, and then you just show them a snare, and then that's six net damage. That's six. So it's, they're probably I see, I see. done. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but even, like, a cheaper thing, like, okay, chum into this, and you show them a shock, that's still four damage. So if the thing behind this is an agenda, if you're playing Jinteki PE... That's going to be one more point of damage. Yep. Maybe one more from House of Knives. You can keep your agenda safe for pretty cheaply. Yeah, and and yeah, and cheap is definitely the uh, the thing here. Yeah. How, how much is she only? She's just two. She's like two. And to Chum is one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you did pick Snare as the card to force the runner to access, then that's four. But that's still only seven, seven. credits for six points of net damage and a tag. Yeah, like a kill shot. Cool. That's, that's pretty good. Um, and the other thing you can do, and I was thinking about this this morning, it's conditional but if you were running uh like a kill deck that focuses on punitive counter-strike you could use this to feed extra agendas to the runner right so you put this on some remote they hit it you've got an agenda in there so right before they get to the agenda you show them you show them another agenda right they have to steal it ideally it's a fetal so they take some damage but now they've stolen two points worth of agendas. You, they, you had an agenda installed the remote, so they take that and get two more. And you're like, okay, well, punitive counter-strikes. Sure, so sure, the sure. day is long. Yeah. Because that's that's kind of like the sweet spot you want to be at with punitive, right? Where It's what, four at least? Yeah, four. I, like, it's not going to work with a three. Four is good if you've got two of them, like two two punitives, and yep. they've scored four points. And they're, and they're broke. Remember, yeah. they got to be broke. Yeah, it should be over. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... There's some synergy there. It could be. Yeah. It could be cool. That's some more cool little windows that. Uh, yeah. 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 I like it. Um. What else? What else did you? I actually. There? I actually really like. Uh. Wendigo. If not just for. Th- yes. Thematic. Thematics. Because yeah. Wendy. Uh. Wendigo. I believe is an Algonquin. Like. If you if you kept eating people, you'd turn into one. It's like a. It's like a. a, a te- like. Cannibalism incarnate through yeah. the Algonquins. So it's and so and we have here we have Wayland that is borrowing from everywhere. Like I think they're just like, oh, that sounds cool. It's, oh yeah, it's totally. so corporate. It's so yeah, yeah it's so it's awesome. I love so I love it. So when I saw like I'm like Wendigo, this is great. We're gonna see like just ridiculous everything come out of there, like every grab bag. Like they they don't have their theme is that they have no theme. Yeah, the theme is well, they've got they've got other like what were some of their other ice that's like. Like folklore type well, influence. Well, so we have like uh, there's Taurus. Yeah, Taurus. Just like okay, it's a bull. Yeah. Sure, I thought that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of uh, a lot like a lot of neat stuff happening there. It's 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 also I think it's our first morph ice. Is it? Yes. I think. Yeah, it's always hard to keep track of which ones came out in overdrive and which sure. But I, I'm pretty sure we haven't. I'm pretty sure this is the only one that's actually been in the data pack so far. Right. So we haven't talked about Morph yet, I don't believe. But they, these are cards that... um, It's a new kind of uh, t- subtype or sub-subtype yeah. of ice. <laughs> of ice. And that, and so it's basically... it can uh, They can be advanced, and when it has an odd number of advancement tokens, it gains barrier and loses code gate. Yeah. So by default, Wendigo is a uh, four-strength code gate that's just two to res. Yeah. Um, two influence. Okay, sure. And this is good because they've had cr- like like uh, Wayland has had crap code gates. Yeah. So this which, is which is kind of makes sense. Yeah, for it does. Them, as like, what's the thing they're good at? But yeah, um, what is what is what is but what is Wendigo actually? The doing? one subroutine it has is choose a program. The runner cannot use the chosen program for the remainder of this run. Yes. Which is cool. Which, which is, is cool. super cool. So that and that's that's obviously a, a thing to do is target an icebreaker, right? Someone's got corroder out. Okay, well, they run into this, and you're like, ah, turn your corroder off. Now you can't break the ice wall that's sitting right behind Wendigo. Yeah. But it can be any program. So you can be like self-modifying code. Sure. So they can't 
even go fetch anything the rest of the turn. You could use this to protect assets, like if they don't, if you have a bunch of high trash cost assets, but they're using imp, yep, you, you just protect this and stop. say you can't use imp. Yep. So it's like literally anything that program would do, not just as an icebreaker, but anything the program does can't like the card might as well just be blank and not exist for the rest of the run. I'd see like turning off Deus Ex and then just seeing if they just don't if they just stop running. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like, like maybe like yeah. I'll just jack out if they're like what why 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 would he turn off my Deus Ex? What does that mean? What does that mean? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a cool 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 little card for Whalen. Yeah, I love the fact like that the art is also uh, is is killer. It's like yeah. so cool. It's like the hairy face dragging the runner. Like like the runner's actually personified in the art. Yes. Right? He's like tangled up in the Windigo thing. That's yeah. so cool. And um yeah, and the fact that for just a single credit, you can flip its type from Codegate to Barrier. So if they get a Codegate Breaker out, it was like, okay, well, now there's a Barrier. And it's four strength, so it's still it's taxing a and annoying. Sure, sure. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so it's, it's and, and uh, those tokens again, uh, sorry, those advancement tokens, like those can be used in other places. You can trick them, you can. Sure, yeah. So yeah, it's it's more, more neat. I don't know how, I, I'm, I'm not too sure how. Often we'll see it. I don't think we'll see a morph deck. I don't know. I don't. We're... No, no. But like as a thing to just give your ice a bit of longevity for cheap. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it basically like largely fulfills the role Chum does, right? Like, yeah, it's like a cheap res cost ice that sits in front of your other ice that just says, "Go get more of your breakers," and this is going to take a while. Yeah, and, and, and typically expensive. that is a very Jinteki thing, senseis and chums and yeah. whatnot. And so and marker. And now we have now Wayland's out a bit of that, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Um. There's one more thing, but there was actually someone wrote, for me, at least someone wrote a question about, so I was going to table that, but were there any other core cards that you thought were I think super I, cool? I like cards that fluctuate during the game, and I think, um, is it IQ? I, yes. Is that the one that's tabled, or no? No, no, no. Okay, this is not. Um, right, so IQ, let me just find the the the, uh, the description here so I don't screw this it's up. Peach of HBS. Yeah, it's a little um, it's specific. A specific, so I don't want to screw this up. It's a code gate. It costs zero. Faction kind cost of. of two, kind of cost zero. <laughs> um, the res cost of IQ is increased by one for each card in HQ. IQ has plus one strength for each card in HQ. Subroutine and the run. Yep. So that can cost zero. It can cost seven. It can cost twenty if you're. <laughs> yeah. So obviously in cerebral imaging, this thing gets crazy. Yeah. Right. You see, like you res, you get this down and res it early on. When you have like, you know four or five cards in your HQ, whatever. Sure. Or zero, like set yourself up to that. Yeah, sure. Really. You bring it up and then you just, or I guess you could res it with Eliza's toy box once you have like 25 cards in your HQ <laughs> you for imagine? free. That'd be so good. Yeah. And then it just sits there like, I mean, obviously there, there are ways to get around it. Sure. Right, it's like, only one subroutine. You can fend the hell out yeah, of this Yeah, you can fend it. But aside from that, or if you're playing Anarchy, you can just chew through it with David. Yep. But <laughs> David, that is one hell of a rock that yeah. David's throwing. <laughs> right, in, right in the middle of that brain. <laughs> yeah. Smash that brain with a rock. Um, but otherwise, it is crazy. And the fact that you can like fluctuate the strength a bit, so someone drops down like a three strength at men, you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to make sure I always have two or four cards yeah. in my HQ. Yeah, it's it's very very flexible. It's like the idea of permanence is so uh, like relevant in Netrunner, right? And this is like permanent, but it's 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 plastic. It's flexible, yeah. Which is which is which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And in general, it seems like the sweet spot for like a good strong code gate is like you know usually strength four or five yep. that ends the run and costs about that many credits to res. Like Lotus Field is totally like sure yeah in that zone. So that's like just a good solid piece of stopping ice in general. But the fact that it occasionally can do other like crazy goofy stuff. Yep. It's pretty nice. Yeah. 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 Neat, neat. And that, uh, again out of HB like perfect fit. 
Yep. Because I can go totally off the chain with cerebral. Like yeah. it's it's pretty, cerebral. Like that makes sense. Cerebral. The cerebral brain. Imaging. The IQ. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were thinking. There we go. There you go. That's kind of. I don't know. That's all I really noticed about the corp that I really like. Yeah. Kind of kind of hit me. Yeah. Yeah. There's one. There's one more thing we'll talk about during the uh, during reader mail. Um. So over on the runner side, first right. as as we mentioned before, but every. Uh, Every data pack in the cycle will have at least one new ID. Which is exciting. Which is super cool. And in this pack, it was a new Anarch. Which is Ketzel. awesome. Yeah, that's right. So Ketzel. She, uh, yeah, so she is a just 45, 15, zero link, so kind of baseline in that regard. She just has one ability, which is once per turn, break one barrier subroutine. Doesn't matter the strength of the ice. That is madness. Doesn't, it's just like straight up one barrier, just... One of its subroutines goes away. Not all of them, but one of them. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the obvious synergy is with E3 feedback inputs. Yeah, we're talking Wotan for three bucks. Yeah. Boom. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, Eli is just, is one. Yeah. And obviously, like, Eli as a as a piece of, like, taxing, but ultimately vaguely permeable ice that slows you down a lot is hugely ubiquitous. Yep. So the fact that you can not even have to spend any clicks and just one credit to get through it Whoa! Yeah, and then like even like the big mean ones. We're talking like like thorns, like uh, Heimdall two. Yeah, all the Heimdalls in general. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wrap around because the strength again, the strength doesn't matter, right? So often it is just a barrier subroutine. Yeah. So like wrap around is usually kind of annoying for Anarch because until you get the fracture, like with a lot of a lot of Anarch plays about like oh it doesn't matter what the ice is I'll just parasite it to nothing. I will get through. Like yeah. I will. Yeah. But with wrap around. Well, you still got to go get that fractor, or that parasite's going to be sitting there forever. Yeah. But Getzel doesn't just whoop. Yeah, and, and, and with corporations, usually typically they're like, we're setting up barriers, and the barrier is, is my safe ice. It's not my tricky ice. It's the ice that stops runners, right. and it will help me score. And yeah. Ketzel's kind of like, nope, this is what's happening now. Like, her with grappling hook, her with, her like, oh, because basically. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. It's Again, it's specific, and you need to, like, I don't know, paintbrush her. Fine. Make sure you're only dealing with um, barriers or whatnot. But still, it's 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 interesting because it's just so like like it's severe again. It's severe. Yeah. It's like we're breaking a barrier subroutine. Oh, but but I have a hundred strength Heim, like Hadrian's Wall. It's like no, I'm breaking one of them because yes. I'm just that's just the nature of this this anarch player. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Um, the uh, the thing that like. Because that ability is strong, but it's especially strong early before you have, like, you know, multiple barriers stacked yep. on top of each other or whatever. It's definitely, she wants to go hard and fast. Yeah, for sure. So having stuff that's can really, like, put a sting early on. So, like, medium or keyhole, probably as much as I love keyhole. We'll get to that later. Um, I think she's probably better off with medium just because, like, two or three turns in a row of, like, consistent keyhole accesses it can be great or it can be garbage and then they can just save their stuff at jackson howard anyway yeah but if you can get in for like three turns even if it's just once per turn three turns in a row with medium you're looking at a lot of cards yeah for sure and as soon as they want to stop it they need to install more ice or virus wipe or whatever and no matter that, what like that's that's, that's changing time yeah, that's side. changing the tempo again yeah yeah, yeah. so she's yeah. she's she is very very anarch i love i, I love her she's which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really cool. excited to see see some play. Yeah, and the name comes from there is I mean, the name of the bird. So in there's this South American bird called the Quetzal, yep. which has like this big like many yeah. green plumage thing, which is more or less what she looks like. So that is yeah, because she's because she's a G mod like noise. Yes, An Anarchs 
most anarchs like messing with their genetics. That's true. That's true. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe the hair isn't dyed. Maybe it's I, I, genetically. No, I think it, it's yeah, actually feathers. It's actually I, probably totally I think is. it's actually just feathers, which is it cool. It could be. Yeah. Uh, or at least some kind of weird genetically tweaked out hair. I like that. That's yeah. good. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I actually, I was like, I wonder. So I put the name in. I think I, I, I meant to put it into Google, but I accidentally put it into Google Image Search. And then it was just all these birds pop up that look basically like the card art, but, you know, a bird instead of a lady. I'm like, oh. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Good. And I think I think there's some reference to like Quetzalcoatl. That's it, probably where the name of the bird came from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Naming after the, the I believe Aztec. The Aztec like lightning lightning god. snake. That was a bird. bird thing. Yeah. Great. Cool. Freaking gods. The Aztecs got. Yeah. They got. Man. They got a lot of mean, scary, freaky, cool ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, sweet. Okay. Um. Well, what what else? Well, we also got a console. A spl- True. A, a even more splashable console from the criminal. Yes. Super splashable. It's called Boxy. Yep. Four costs, one influence. This is why I think we're going to see it. I think Anarch can see it. Uh, I, th- I, I, I think other people will be using Shaper this card. Shaper for sure. Shaper for sure. For sure yeah. Plus two MU and plus two hand size, yep. which is massive. If, if, if anyone's played with Ologos, I've been playing a lot with Logos. Logos. Yeah, me too. We'll get to that as well. Oh, great. Yeah, but just that one extra card is like the, the the options you have, yeah. you feel so much more uh, powerful. Right. So I'm thinking like, man, Boxy, like with seven cards, uh, that's that's serving a bunch of purposes. I got options, um, net damage isn't scary, brain damage isn't scary, I can start stim hacking and not care. Like, yep. It's well, a, and, um, I mean, obviously it's not quite the same because you can't stack them, but Dyson Memchips, that's a four cost piece of hardware that just gives you two MU. Yep. This is a four cost piece of hardware that gives you two MU and, and two extra cards. And two extra cards. I mean, it has a little influence, obviously, and you can only have one, but sure. still, it's like... Four, and cost of four, that's decent. Like, oh, yeah, that is cheap. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Grimoire is three, and it also gives you two MU. Yeah. So it's like, if you, if, you, if you basically just needed something that gives you freaking MU... You got it. But you're not really worried with viruses anymore? Sure. Boxy's great. Yeah. So and it's, it's, it's cool, because like... I guess I, I was trying to think of thematically where criminal consoles fit. You know, like, uh, uh, like what 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 is a criminal console? I was right. trying to think about that, and like this is this is like efficient. It's like it seems like they're the toys that everybody wants. Like, oh, oh, did you see the, the new Desperado? Like, that thing's insane, right? I think, <laughs> right. and I think I, I guess that's where they're where they're going. They have the nice the nice sleek consoles that, really that everybody get... else wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, of course, obviously for criminals, it's great just to have like because they have so many like tricks in their, yeah, in their if, cards if, if anyone, having more of them is even more ludicrous. Yeah, if anyone's done the silhouette uh, central only thing you if, sometimes you just can't do that deck because uh, you don't have all your options in your right. hand it's like I know I know you'd probably just need something else for that deck but still like the two cards that's giving you all your weird tricks oh I can legwork and now I can or I can maker's eye like I have those options in right. my hand yeah, which is cool yeah, yeah. I know I think it's, it's it's definitely like just a a good, solid, reliable thing that doesn't really require, like, it, it's it is it is a piece of kit that fits well in a lot of different decks, right? It's like there's a little bit of synergy with like, okay, more extra MU for like Overmind or something, but really, it's just kind of like it's just sort of good if you just need a thing that gives you more options. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's cool. Um, the other criminal card in here that I loved, I love. Is the is uh is the new resource the supplier? Right. Okay. So it's unique. Uh, costs three to install. It is a connection resource, so you can grab them with hostage. Um, it has the ability. It has is for a click, host a host a resource or a piece of hardware from your grip on the supplier. 
When your turn begins, you may install a hosted card, lowering the install cost by two. So it's kind of, sort of, personally-ish, like a yep. personal workshop. But only resources. But re so that's where it's crazy. That's what's crazy. Like with, with the hardware, it's nice. Sure. But with the resources, that's it's, where it's nuts. Yeah, that gets... Um, I actually read this card and I missed the resource thing. And then I reread it and I was like, oh. Yeah, initially I saw this, I'm like, okay, you save two credit. I'm like, I guess and and, okay. and 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 click And a click during the turn for the install. Yes. Right. That's, so yeah, you basically, it's like... It's basically you're. It's almost like you're putting the stuff you want on layaway, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you put it away, you pay the cost to install it now, but you don't actually get to use it. You get to use it on your next turn, but for two credits less. Sure. But that means you can often like. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of really good resources that are two to three credits, right? Yep. And the fact that you don't need to keep getting the money. See, the big thing, it's not just that you're saving the money. It's that you don't need to have the money at all. Sure. So you, so it's like if you're running like a, a, a like a, like an Underworld Context type deck yep. where you want to get two Link and then just get as many Underworld Contacts as possible, you have to get two credits and then spend them to install the Underworld Contact and then it starts to bring the money back. But the fact that you can just be like, okay, well, I've only got one Link right now and I only have one credit, but I can just put an Underworld Contact on the supplier Next turn, he's going to come out for free. For free. Yep. And then he's just there available when I fetch Dyson Memships or whatever, which I'll also put on the supplier yep. or Rabbit Hole. So uh, answer me this. Can you put daily casks on it? You can. But, but you it, won't get the money. Right away. Right. But still, like yeah. one. So it's kind of like a weird turn order resolution thing. But basically, it's like when your turn begins, look at all the cards you've got. Got and it. And then okay. like freeze that moment in time. Sure. So then if you have multiple cards... That are all there right now. You pick. You the can order. indeed pick the order. I so see. if you have like this and Aesop or whatever, right? You could do them both. But well, Cask like, doesn't come online in that little window. In that exactly, window of time, because it's like okay, well, all my cards that are in play right now that have when the turn begins abilities. Okay, how many are there? Well, if you have just the supplier with daily cast on it, he's the only one that's in play when your turn begins. Got it. So now you can use his ability to bring it out, but. Daily cast wasn't there, kind of when you did that, cool. like okay. ping for. Yeah, that makes sense. Turns. That makes sense. So I mean, it still makes so, daily cast way insane. better. Insane daily cast for one. Boom. Yeah, you like get it for turn one. later, but yeah, still, it's still wow. really, really, really good. It's just not lunatic. Plus, after well. seeing after seeing another great, interesting resource in this pack, uh, cheapening resources is pretty is yes. pretty crazy. Yeah, and like for for I mean, you don't have to spend any money to bring out Katie. Like, the, yeah, the fact that like you're saving money, that's nice. But you just you don't have to worry about getting the money to actually spend on that stuff to begin with. Yeah, you're just using uh, time. You're yeah. just using a click, which is yeah. which is really cool. Um, I say, yeah, seeing this card makes me because I've been playing Connections Andy recently, and I really like it. It's a lot of fun. But like this card, it's a connection. Oh man, the synergy! It just oh, it's so cool. Yeah, and the other thing is like it, you have the choice, so you can do something like you can put the source on here. Yep. But then not utilize it right away. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna put the source on here. Uh, I don't want to bring him out yet because I think I might be able to get an agenda this turn. Right. Okay, so you do some running. Oh, you got your agenda. Sweet. But now you're a bit low on resources. You're like, okay, well, now it's time to put the source out so the corporation can't sneak through another agenda right now. Right. You can also so now uh, you can also hostage hostage a professional contacts and click to host it here instead of resing it right away, correct? Yes. Yeah, good. I mean, it's not the best use of hostage necessarily. No, no, it isn't. But if, oh. you, if you... Right, no. See, because really... Because ho only... hostage, you have to pay uh, at the you, you may pay at the time to bring it out, right. or it just sits in your hand, right. which you can then host on here. Yep, save a bit of money. I don't You'd know. Save a little bit, of, yeah. I mean, there are probably a few situations where that would make sense, not a ton, but a few, especially if you're running low on cash or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's a neat. It's a neat card. Well, plus that'll open up your turn for a three cost professional contacts that you can just click start for. using, you right, start away. using right away. That's true. Yeah, and so let's talk about a, uh, another one of the big cost resources in this pack for the runner. Rachel. Yeah, it's Rachel Beck Beckman. 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 Rachel Beckman. Cost eight. Neutral. Fashion cost of one. Is that one. correct? Yep. She's yeah. So she has one, one influence. Also unique. Also unique. Yeah, you can't get two. There's only one Rachel. <laughs> you have one additional click to spend each turn. Trash Rachel Beckman if you are tagged. Like, talk about flavor. How cool is that? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'll I, help you out until until things get hot. Then and then I, it's like I I, wa- I I wash my hands of you. Yep. It's so it's so cool. <laughs> and if anyone's played against a guy with Josh B and yeah, like that that extra click is is crazy. It is crazy. And our our uh, layaway buddy is actually helping us get her up for six, which is kind of standable. Mm-hmm. It's for that for that cost. Totally. And, and what's cool with Rachel is like what every faction can do with a click varies drastically. Oh yeah, so I mean just... e- the most basic thing you can do is like, oh, you always have a click to spend to put three more credits on Katie Jones. Yeah, sure. always, right? Yeah. But the fact that like there are certain, especially this is kind of why I think Josh B lives in Anarch as well. It's like, oh, if you one of those turns where you can get into R and D, and the corporation doesn't have money to raise their ice, or you just are sitting on a fat pile of cash or whatever, and you can hit like a medium dig five times. Yep. Good yep, that's lord. It. Yeah, so really, really cool card. Awesome risk reward. Mm-hmm. If they, if they peg you with anything, any any tag at all, yeah. like boom, there goes your investment. Yeah, which is which is so yeah, cool. cool. I, I think mean, the biggest vulnerability is uh, with breaking news, right? Yeah, because with a lot oh, of other yeah. stuff, you can you can dodge <laughs> it, or the corporation needs a lot of money. Breaking news, just like they can just score that out even, of hand. Even, even even if you got like a, a decoy, because it's two tags, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could, like, if you had New Angeles City Hall, you could dodge it, but then you're paying four, and you already paid six or eight for Rachel, so it's like, oof. Yeah, but, that, like, cool Aside card. Aside that, again, awesome. again, like, the, the, the severity. Yeah. Speaking of severity, I need to mention, my favorite card in this pack probably is Duggars. Really? Duggars is oh, so cool. That's a card Jesse would like. Duggars is so cool. So Duggars is like a, a, a club on the moon. Yeah. And everybody is just like having a great time. It is so much. It is. It is so much cooler than Wildside. Wildside. Wild, is so. Wildside is like yeah. Like this is like hipster. Like hipster. <laughs> Never under, oh, only the cool guys know, know about Duggars. Exactly. Get to the moon. Because it's on the moon. Four clicks. Draw ten cards. Boom! Like that's it. Like dark like, resource. It's two to install, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's two influence. So I think so. So you could you can put it somewhere else. Sure. Hypothetically, someone else could have it. Someone else could go to Duggars. Yeah. <laughs> faction faction cost four. Four. So yeah, oh no one God. else. So sorry, no one else is going. No, to Duggars. I guess only anarchs. Know, no, only anarchs go to that. Know the place. cool people <laughs> that right. can tell you how to get into Duggars. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So click, click, click. Click, 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 click. We have four yeah, clicks. Four clicks. Draw ten cards. Ten so, cards. So with with these cards, like um um, what's his name, the Raven writing desk. Oh, Theophilus. Theophilus. Like with with decks that could actually handle the ten cards. Like yeah. I I know this is kind of like grab the ten, chuck the rest, and you got like your you got, your you, setup. You found you better have found what you needed because you just drew a quarter of your deck. Sure. <laughs> or 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 let's say Rachel's on your side. Yep. You hit the club, come back, maybe mass install, and you can actually come out. Yeah, like pretty. Yeah, if even. if you if you had one of the setups that gave you an extra click from Josh B or Rachel or even All Nighter, yeah, the fact that you could grab four and then do something that like either mass install or like a freelance coding contracts or whatever. Yeah, and and, and netrunner decks are short, like they're small. And yes, grabbing a quarter basically of your deck, like that's just is crazy. I, know, I just like that. That's that to me is just like yeah, it's 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 out of this world. It's, yeah. really it's really also cool. I mean the fact that um unlike Wildside you can use it when you want to. I mean, it still consumes your entire turn, yep. 
but it just consumes that one entire turn. Basically. Yeah, and, and we've seen cool stuff the Corp can do with their entire turn. Like Toy Box, wow, yeah. you res that ice. Like Virus Wipe, you you totally change the tempo again of like maybe, maybe I lost all my data sucker tokens and now, my, and now the centrals are blocked up. Right. Like they can do big severe things with their whole turn. Now the runner can be like, I, I'm at every connection I'm ever going to need on the moon right. <laughs> in one night of drinking and now I'm like, the ne- I wake up with a hangover, you know, shake out the cobwebs and now I'm ready to yeah. go. Like I'm like, I can picture like the runners like looking through business cards and like making <laughs> phone calls. Like, I don't know. I just said, I just, I, I really, really, really dig the card. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It is definitely, especially, I mean, obviously it's slightly more dangerous now that Chronos Project. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But Chronos if Project. you're playing a deck that often involves bringing a lot of stuff out of the heap, yeah. well then, yeah, who cares? You sure. grab a bunch of stuff from Duggars and then you leave it. I'm thinking Chronos Project, like, does, does like, the, 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 the cleaning guy come in and, like, right, <laughs> vacuums up all, up, everything. up all your stuff? <laughs> Don't yeah. have to go home. You just can't stay here. Get out. <laughs> yeah, the Chronos Project, actually, it's just a very thorough janitorial service. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, we had another shard or fragment. Yes. Shard? So, yeah, shard. shard. So corporations, and I messed this up when I was talking on Twitter earlier, yeah, corporations get fragments, writers get shards. All right. So, that, that will be so easy to remember. Yeah, the Hades shard. So I love so, Hades shard. Hades I shard. I love it. Hades. So people are like, oh, yeah, it's great with noise. No, 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 no. That's boring. That's obvious. <laughs> Whatever. So Hades shard is much like the... Uh, the the Eden Shard, which was the previous runner one, but unlike, so it seems that thematically, the Eden-related ones uh, are about your R&D. Right. Hades, Hades ones are about the archives. The underworld. Um, so the Hades Shard, just like the Eden Shard, is unique. It is a seven cost to install virtual resource, but, again, like Eden Shard, except whenever you make a successful run on archives... Instead of accessing cards, you may install Hades Shard from your grip, ignoring all costs. Which, let's hope that's how you're doing it, because it costs seven. Ha, we'll get into that. It gets it costs <laughs> seven, yeah. And it just has one ability where you trash it, and you access all cards in the archives. Wow. It's, it's so one, you, it's you have a built-in noise glory run. First. Yes. So, so here's, so yeah, with noise, it's nice. So the, sure. the big thing to worry about with Hades Shard is that... If the runner isn't doing the cheapo install from the archives, from an archive run, if they're just paying to install it, they can pay f- and put it out, but then it's still the runner's turn, so they get to choose if they're going to use paid abilities first. So, as the runner, you spend seven, and okay. then before the corporation can do anything, i.e., before the corporation can use Jackson Howard, you can then immediately trash Hades Shard and grab everything out of the archives. Okay, so... You're saying that you can actually get it before they can Howard. Exactly. I see. So that is why Hades Shard is awesome. Oh. So here's why I love Hades Shard. I love Hades Shard because Hades Shard plus Ian Sterling plus Keyhole is the best. All right. So give me a rundown on yeah, why this yeah. is the best. So you got a deck that's all about Ian Sterling. And because like his he's he was one of the um, new criminal IDs that was in our profit. Yep. His big thing is that if the corporation has more points than the runner, than Ian, uh, he gets two credits for free at the start of his turn. Right. Uh, okay. I'm I'm so, starting to it's yeah. starting to gel yeah. now. So you combine this with keyhole. So with keyhole, you're not scoring those agendas. You're throwing you're trashing them, them. You're throwing them in the archives, right? Yep. Um, which means Ian's ability is generally going to keep going. So you can only ever have one copy of Hades Shard in your deck. That's tricky, but you also, with, I mean, technically anybody, but especially with Ian, you can have Logos. Yep. 
And, Lo- logos. and logos. If anyone has not tried logos, please, please, please it try is, a logos. It is so good. You can you you know you know those one offs that you can like. Oh, yeah. I don't want to just put one in. Do it. Yep. It's it's amazing. Yep. Oh. So basically, a an Ian Starling deck. It's all about get logos as soon as you can. Yep. And then as soon as the corporation scores something, you grab keyhole. Or if you've already seen keyhole, you grab Hades shard. Yep. And then you just start keyholing the shit out of their R and D. Right. Um. As soon as there's seven points in there. If you've got Hades Shard, you just install it, access everything in the archives, you win the game. Yeah. Um, if wait, so so wait, if they install it, is it, isn't there a window where I can res Jackson? And I'm like, no. Ah! no, no, no. If 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 you if you do the cheapo install from hitting the archives, yes. But if you just pay seven credits for it, immediately there's no window. I mean, there would be. It's just that the runner gets to use paid abilities first. First, so I see. I so he's like, it. and he's like, I want a Jackson. He's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, okay. I'm trashing this first. Oh, you had 14 points of, of, of agenda archives. Two Jacksons on the table, but it doesn't matter because I get to access everything immediately. Burp, game over. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I was, I put together a deck like this, and I think I won four games in a row on Octagon. Unreal, unreal. Just, just milling a bunch of shit into the archives. Cool. Because they got, because like. People are so used to having Jackson Howard, right? They're like, oh, my agenda's in the archives. They're safe. I can just Jackson back over. You're like, oh, Hades Shard, grab them all, game over. Cool. Uh, man, neat. Yeah. I, I, I I did not think that. I thought that I was like, oh, this will see Noise Glory Run, which is pretty typical. But right. that's, that's which is, a really... Which is also really nice because the one thing that it does let you do on the Noise side is that as soon as that thing is out there, basically the corporation has to be proactively using Jackson Howard, right? Yep. They can't... As soon as they see, like on their turn or whenever, if they see an agenda go in... You basically are gonna want to grab it out because as soon as Hades Shard is on the table, runner can pop it anytime they want. Yeah, and uh, you don't remove it from the game, right? You just trash it. Uh oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Technically, yes. So, so you could you deja could, it, I you guess. Could deja vu it back and then put it down. Yeah, I suppose. Ooh. So yeah, I guess since it's not like a removal thing. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Neat, neat, neat card though. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to really dig the the way the fragments and the shards are set up. Yeah, I think it's really cool yeah. that both sides deal a little bit of. Uh, Totally. Yeah. Um. The one final interesting runner th- side thing was we saw two of the three stealth breakers we saw in Overdrive. Oh show yeah. Up. We yeah. got both Black Cat and Refractor. Um, Black Cat being the Anarch one and Refractor being the Shaper one. That's right. And so with the Anarch one, we know that it's going to be a, a Fractor. It's going to be a barrier breaker because. Anarch loves smashing barriers. That's what they do. And I had Black Cat in the draft, and I loved Black Cat. It was so cool. And so it's like. So uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read Black Cat, and you're gonna hear. You're, you're gonna think. Well, it's kind of like a less flexible corroder, and I get yeah. that. But uh, so it's a faction cost of three. Uh, one. Uh, it's a three strength, four cost fractor. For one credit, break one barrier subroutine, or up to three subroutines if you spend a credit from a stealth card. Uh, two credits plus one strength, or plus two strength if you spend at least one credit from a stealth card. So it's. The strength gain isn't like the hottest. Right. It comes locked at three, which is pretty huge. Oh yeah, it's pretty huge. Yeah, that means wall of static, just one credit. Yeah, and uh, I remember having this card in my hand, and uh, the and our the corporation had an Ash, Ash, Ashigari. Uh, Ashigaru. Yeah, Ash, Ash, Ashigaru. Right, and uh, I think I mentioned this before, but he had safely six subroutines on this thing. Right. And then all of a sudden, out comes Black Cat, two stealth credits. Bust them all. Bust them all. And yep. so, like, I was like, but, like the, 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 the flexibility is, like, specific, but it's it's there and it's it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, that's what, like, that's why I think Black Cat is super rad in that, like, the cheap just end-the-run barriers, like, deals with them just as easily as Corroder does. Sure. And then how about Hive shows up? 
Right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, like, so then, okay, well, it's time to grab a stealth credit or two, and then you can use that to get through all the big, ugly ice. Yeah, and and uh, Anarchs have the Fractor stealth yep, hardware. Uh, uh, Dyson Fractal Generator? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So really, really cool. It looks it looks great. Yeah, it does. Cool it looks... little cat hanging out, hanging yeah. out. Uh, and everybody's cool kind of, although the art's great on Corroder, everybody's a little bit sick of seeing it. So give uh, give, <laughs> give... Yeah, that weird building thing blowing up. I'm, I'll I'll hang out with a cat for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, give it a shot. So um, that, that was one of them. And the other is, do you think? Okay, so the other added question for you because you played a lot of Kit. Uh, yes. Would you run Refractor, which is the Shaper Decoder? In Kit, I am thinking strongly about it. So yeah, Refractor is kind of like the Shaper Codegate version of Black Cat. It's a little bit different in that, like, it is one to install. Right. So it is cheap. It is base, dirt cheap. It is base strength two, uh, one credit, break a Codegate. No like weird stealth miss there. It's just straight up one credit breaks a Codegate subroutine, and then one credit for plus str- plus three strength. But that one does have to come from. Stealth. A stealth credit. Right. So it isn't as flexible, say, as Black Hat. Right. Yeah. But it's still... It's, it's, it's one credit to install. Right. And obviously with Kit, like the first ice she encounters every turn is automatically a code gate. And she's got tons of lockpicks, right? Yep. And so lockpicks easy to get at. Cloak is in faction yep. for for um, for shapers. And everything's a code gate yep. you with got her. Ghost, you got Ghost Runner. Like, I think this actually... So you cut like if you just have one stealth credit out there, this thing is basically as flexible as uh, Cyber Cipher, cool. except it's like everywhere. Bloody Cyber Cipher, which <laughs> only ever works on a single server. Yeah, this works on any server anywhere. You just have to, you know, be able to have those stealth credits. So I think it's like this plus Paintbrush is probably more gives you gives you more opportunities than like basing that on you know gordian or a super souped up yog or whatever because like having like a five strength like yog on a dinosaurus thing is awesome sure uh but that's a lot of setup big setup for sure this it's so cheap to get out so you can put on like lots of early pressure yeah this is your early game but then you can just get your you know your sources for stealth credits later so it's still strong later on yeah um yeah refractor is cool and i definitely want to put it in a kit deck and give it a go awesome cool yes um so I think it kind of wraps it up. That's all. That's everything for first contact. Um, we're, we'll do reader mail, but we got kind of one piece of uh, a question from a number of readers. Right. So we can just go ahead and address that uh, immediately. Um, so if you are not a person who follows the the internet rumblings around the Netrunner game, you yep. probably missed this. Um, but recently, one Netrunner uh, deck builder site received a uh, was forced to go off the internet um so obviously with this whole situation there's been like well not it's not even he said she said it's he said and then there was no response (laughs) so exactly what happened where is certainly not super clear um but basically there was this big um deck building slash just community resource site called oh, netrunner db which which a lot of work had gone into which is a lot of, it was actually an awesome site it i was, mean it was really good neither you and i are both i think meteor people yep um so not, not not to say that one's better we just stuck yeah to it was meteor. That, that was just the one i used first and um, i i just follow nails like a sheep so that's really <laughs> all i was doing uh yeah, that's good i got a plan to go knock over a liquor store after this yeah i'll, I'll go in first right yeah i'll, I'll drive don't <laughs> yeah. worry um uh, but yeah, so Netrunner DB existed. It was pretty awesome. It was maintained. Uh, I forget the guy's username. It's like a something. Alicide, Alicide. Ouch. Sorry. Yeah. Um. This is this dude in France. 
the site was it was big, it was robust, it was it was really really well featured. It was awesome. Um, and then seemingly out of the blue, uh, it received a cease and desist from Fantasy Flight, basically saying, you know, there's a bunch of our copyrighted material on here. You can't use it. You're gonna have to pull the plug on the site. Right. Um, at least that's that's what the the maintainer of the site said. This was in the letter he got. Um, and people are like, "Whoa, this is really confusing and shitty." Like, Bleh, what happened? Um, and it is definitely kind of weird. So basically, that's kind of where the uh, <laughs> the ability to know anything for certain stops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so everything from here on is just conjecture. But another thing that happened recently was there was an implementation of Netrunner that was put online, like playable in a browser, just yeah. in a website. Which, I mean, that's like. That that site also received a C and D, and that one yeah. is like, yeah, okay, that it's a little kind of makes sense. Like that's sure. a bridge too far, right? Right. right. I like I, I'd have to agree because really, it's like, um, as as we mentioned, as me and you were talking before the cast, Octagon has a certain level of entry. It's a little yeah. bit obscure, it's, right? So it seems like Octagon has kind of figured out the right way because, like, obviously, it's not like Octagon exists quietly and Fantasy Flight doesn't know about it, like, <laughs> right. Octagon is there. FFG knows about it. People at FFG probably use it, right? Right. Um, it's 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 kind of like it's obviously with this stuff, it's very like figuring out where to strike the balance is tricky, and it seems like Octagon has kind of found like it it's it's achieved like you know a level of peaceful coexistence. Yeah. Right? Putting um, it in a browser, like like I, I believe we're talking about Genteki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's you're right. That's a little bit. Of, yeah, uh, I mean, it's like, it's an interesting thing to do, cool, but I also understand the people who own that game being like, guys, it's kind of, no. Yeah, but what, what I think is kind of really funny about this whole situation, um, it, and it's a serious uh, situation, and a lot of people are actually, like, stopping playing the game or stopping supporting FFG right. or whatever, and that's that, that that's their own prerogative. You yeah, can do whatever they, you can do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Totally uh, it is funny that that's like, they're, they're mad at FFG for not acting like a runner, for acting like a corp. Right. You know, you know what I mean. Like, like you, 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 you are your chosen one. I, yeah. I don't know. I think I, I kind of like a. It's it's kind of an interesting back and forth. And we also know that like FFG isn't that huge. Yeah, they're this not. Is, they're this not a, like a giant Hasbro backed corporation. Or something. Sure, they're not that big. They're, they're, um, they're not that big. They're dealing with an. Uh, let, let, let's just say like an older type of entertainment. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it like it's cardboard the di- and the and the digital world takes such a big infrastructure for it to work. Like like for FFG, for example, to put. A netrunner only solely online, which I think would be a, a, a strange idea, anyways, because right. the game is way more. It's about analog. It's about in-person play. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so which is which is really weird because it takes place in such a cyberspace, cyberspace. But it's really not a game you should play online. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing, right? Like, of course, there's a business consideration for like some third party making a playable version of the game run in a browser, and it's like right. okay, well, there's business stuff, whatever. But also like. Setting that aside, like if I was a designer of this game, that's really not the experience I would want people to have the first time with the game, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I heard like my friends really love this game. It's like, but I guess, oh, I found a way to like play it online for free. And the experience would just be horrible, right? Yeah, like, I mean, like the people who built that software obviously like uh, it's 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 fine, but the game is really not meant to be played like that. Yeah. It's just like it would be just an absolutely miserable experience. So even setting aside the business stuff, like if that was people's first experience with the game, it would they, be you really on, off-putting. Sure. Um, so yeah. So be so. But okay. So that that um, that web service to play the game came into existence and then very quickly received a C and D. Yep. But it was getting all of its card images and information 
via an API that Netrunner DB had provided. Yeah. So that might people suppose that's sure. that's the reason why Netrunner uh, Netrunner DB also got a CND because like there are plenty of deck building sites and other Netrunner resources and they're, or whatever. And they're always going to keep coming. Yeah. Certainly knows about all of them. Yeah. Like they, they are... know about Octagon. <laughs> they're not looking to like drop the ban hammer on all of them, but for some reason this like, this happened. Netrunner DB went, you know, kind of went beyond kind of the the unfortunately tacitly agreed upon boundaries. And this is the part that I do find kind of disappointing. Like it would be great if, you know, the folks at FFG... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of legal concerns that make this stuff really shitty, and that's complicated and dumb, but it would be good if, like, there was some kind of information about FFG to be like, okay, well, how can we support and engage with the game in a way that, like, is still amenable to what they want as well? Sure. And like, like I... is that... Like, what was the problem with Netrunner DB? Like, was it the API that allowed other people to source from their card art? Was it the fact that they were hosting their own images and not hot-linking to, like, you know, watermarked images from FFG's materials or whatever? I have no idea. Right. And they haven't really said that. And, and that's yeah, they, the thing. They're, they're not being transparent with why exactly why this happened. Yeah. I mean, like, and obviously legal considerations make this stuff more complicated, but I don't think more complicated necessarily means impossible. Sure. Like, yeah. I think just a little bit more transparency about, like, okay, let's all work together, figure out how we can support this game yeah. and not you know, and still respect, like, the bounds of the work and other stuff that people have done. Like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure, like, FFG isn't blind. They know that the community guys do a lot of great work and work really hard yeah. for their thing. They, they might just be going through a, a process of, like, how, how do we how, how do we deal with this? And this yeah. might be some of the answers that their their legal took. I don't know. It's, 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 it's shitty to take sides, and it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I certainly don't think there's any, like, side taken here. It's it's definitely, it's unfortunate that a really rad resource was forced out of existence, but it's also unclear from both sides exactly what the problem was. Right. And if that could be cleared up, I think that would be really helpful, because obviously there's lots of folks who want to, who really enjoy the game and want to support it going forward, but also just having this cloud of, like, oh, God, am I going to receive a scary legal letter because I'm just stoked about this game and want to engage with it? It's like that... Yeah. That sucks, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, it would be rad if, like, however makes sense, if there could be, like, you know, some kind of, like, let's figure out how to build this thing together and, like, keep improving this thing that we all like. Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess part of it, too, was, like, there's this lot of people, like, um, there's another deck building site called Card Game DB, which was originally its own thing, and then Fantasy Flight bought it. It's got deck builders for a bunch of different right. games, uh, FFG games on there. I'm not super fond of its interface. And a bunch of people were like, all like, oh, they're just trying to force, they just blew up Netrunner DB to force people to use Card Game DB. It's like, well, <laughs> probably not, right? Like, if that's actually what they wanted to happen, there'd be C&D letters all over the place. And that would also just be like, very short-sighted and kind of dumb. Um, I mean, the fact that they kind of, and it's like, well, it's not even a competing product. It's like, because they're all free. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it's not like there's money being that, made. In fact, the only know. one that might be getting some money is the work that uh, DB0 does on Octagon because he's writing all these plugins. Right. He's doing all this crazy work of getting this analog game into the, the digital world. Right. And so, so, so he's asking for like a bit, a bit of help. Which yeah, is, but it, which... it's like, it's just a general Patreon for yeah, yeah. all of his work, which isn't limited exclusively to... Netrunner. Sure, right. that, that, that's the only one I'm familiar with. But yeah. I do know that he works as he works very, very hard. The second yeah. a guard comes out with a crazy mechanic, I'm like, that's not even going to work on Octagon. And it, then all of a he sudden it is, Octagon. it yeah. works. And obviously, like, yeah. So I think it's it's unfortunately, the, the biggest thing that I don't like in this situation is a lack of transparency. Sure. 
on on it from everybody. Involved, yeah, yeah, really, and and, right? and it, to me, it feels a little like like old school. Like exactly. old school, like talk to your dusty lawyers and send out these C and D's, and that that'll fix them. Like it feels like it's not it's it's not the uh, a more interesting way of dealing with the problem because because we we'd like to know we'd like to know what went wrong, what went right, like why yeah. why they're doing the, what they do, but we we honestly don't. Yeah, exactly. This is all the information we have. Yeah. So I think that is that is the bummer. It's like there's there's a really rad resource, and now it is gone, and it's not really clear. I mean, what 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 is cool is that the dude who made it just put the source up on GitHub, so hypothetically someone with slightly more web programming know-how than I could just grab that like remove the API like hot link to watermarked images just put the site back up and yep. uh, maybe that would be fine I mean sure. of course it, it just sucks that like if someone invested the time and then they also received a scary legal letter it's like oh that would be a bummer yep so it would be it would be nice to know exactly like just where the boundaries are and how everybody can just kind of Coexist, yeah. make a cool thing together, Can't right? We all just it, get along. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's really. Uh, I, I I think I think that's kind of our coverage of that. Yeah, happening. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Probably, but... there will be more information about. Yeah, this yeah, and we we we'd like to keep people up to date if when when we hear more information. Yeah, um, that would be cool. But yeah, that's yeah. that's the long it's, and short of it. Is it is an unfortunate way for something like that to be resolved? That is for sure. Yeah. Let's let's uh let, bring some levity and do some reader mail. Yes, mail. Mail. Let's. Uh. So we got a, a couple questions. We did. Um. One of them we kind of talked about a little bit. Um. Our buddy Christian Mayuski. Uh. He. Uh. Actually, Christian and I did a. Um. Like a like a commentary of a netrunner match. Oh, cool. Not too long ago. Nice. Is that um, is that available? Yes. Oh, I got it. Was it. Under I teamwork cast. Um. It was it was cool. It was really fun. Um. Uh, but he asked for well, first. What chance do you think does Refractor have to bring Kit back? As noted, I think there's a lot of potential there. It could be super rad. Boom. Or your early game. We, we I think yeah. your early game, you just, yeah, totally. Yeah. Leg work, maker's eye, just get get, get those points early and then just you'll, Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll probably be sitting on four before mid-game hits yeah. if, if, if you get lucky. Um, and then second, also, how can the cop, how can the, how can the cops? How can how the can, cops? How can the cops <laughs> arrest us for being terrible? Uh, how can the corpse stop cash noise? Cash because noise, yeah. Cash has obviously given noise a ton, ton of, of muscle. money, ton and of muscle. Yep. he's milling cards. So one thing, one thing that I've found that just makes noise very, 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 very sad. Cerebral stack. You're, you're, you're picking the Jinteki current that no one will be playing. It's really effective. <laughs> yeah. So like cerebral static, people may have forgotten. It's the yeah, it's a two credit Jinteki current yeah. that says the runner's ID. Uh, ability like is now blank. Blank. Yeah. Yep. So, so noise is just a shitty runner. Yeah. He's he's, he, he's, he's like mask without without the. Yeah. Exactly. With yeah. limited influence. So like you know often with noise it's just like ah oh, barf out a million viruses don't even really care what they do just pawn shop them next turn just keep milling cards like okay well, I'll put down cerebral static it's like oh right because now he actually has to make runs yep and play the game and if you if someone has gone all 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 in on that just mass virus install strategy. Yep. They often don't have like sufficient breakers to do anything else. Especially if you back that up with a little bit of Lotus Field, where the other plan is just like, okay, well I'll just parasite some ice for a while. And then once they finally get decent defenses, I'm just gonna mill everything and then eventually blow into the archives. It's just like, okay, well, you can't do that now. Actually play the game. Yeah. And then they're often not set up for that and then yeah, the uh, you uh, again. It also it, what also sucks is like the tools you need to score fast because he kind of sets you on a timer. Mm -hmm. The tools you need to score fast might start getting gutted. Right. That, that's, so that's that's some of the bad stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, stuff like 
Interns is also really nice because it lets you reinstall ice that gets parasited. It lets you like install nice upgrades like, or even agendas or that yeah. got sent in the archives and it milled stuff in general. Yeah, uh, you need to set up. You need to set up quick, but yeah, it's 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 a powerhouse. Yeah. I, I'll definitely I mean, give it that one. Yeah, a big portion of the crazy noise virus install stuff too is also ASOPs. So having stuff that can put tags on the runner or yeah, get rid of those resources that yeah. they have. Like if you have. Like man, if tag them once and then freelancer their workshop and their or, or whatever they're using, right? Their, their and ASOP, ASOP, and yeah, birds one stone, yeah. Because that's the thing is that like often when someone is playing noise and going all in on just the virus milling strategy, they often actually can't get into your servers. Yeah. So you just like if you're playing NVN, you just put breaking news down, leave it. Next turn, put two, score it. Now, now he's tagged twice, and you can do whatever you want. Freelancer just blow stuff up. Right. whatever yeah so, um, so they, it is a resource heavy thing and plus he's largely ignoring what you're doing because he's focused so much on milling and bringing out cards and and drawing stuff so you yeah. can get a few agendas through that's mm -hmm. a that's 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 definitely a viable option yeah it's uh, it's tricky it just means often like as soon as someone starts to go like it's clear they're just going all in on the virus mill thing it's like sometimes you can just score before like, put some decent stopping ice on your archives, right? Because unless they're going to pull that Hades shard thing, yeah, they need to actually get in there at least once, okay, and then just score your seven points worth of agenda before the game is over. It's not easy. Like, that's definitely tricky, but I find that, yeah, sometimes the noise decks go way too far in just having one plan. Yep. You just do a few things to shut that plan down, and often they don't have anything else. Yep. Yeah. Um... Another question, and this was referring back to one of the cards was asked about in this data pack, and I think it was actually a super interesting card. Uh, our buddy George Albor, who we played at with down in Netrunner down at GDC, he helped us host that cool Netrunner night. He oh, asked, wicked. what is the best use for the Creasium grid? Right. Creasium? 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 Again, this is, this, this is Wayland pen dropping on cool sounding yes. words. This is, <laughs> this is the best. So it was an upgrade that was in the this latest first contact yeah. pack. Um, it's three to res. It's an upgrade. It's a region, so it can't be in a, you know, server with any other regions. It is five to trash. So yeah. Super expensive trash. Not a lot of trashing. It's going to be happening. Yep. And its ability is successful runs against this server are not considered to be successful or unsuccessful for the purposes of card abilities. So I first saw that, and I'm like, okay, well, it turns off dirty laundry, whatever. It turns off, I guess, emergency I shutdown. It turns off so many cards especially especially criminal cards right the so, ones that the ones that need that access yeah. on HQ account siphon uh emergency, emergency shutdown. shutdown yep um legwork yep uh, oh yeah yeah legwork maker's eye indexing dirty laundry um it has a weird interaction that... with faint where with faint <laughs> technically you would bypass the first two pieces of ice on HQ, but then still also access cards. Wow, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, but yeah. So this... Chrisium, so like, if you're playing Criminal, slap that thing down on HQ, and it's five to trash. Yeah. It turns off Gabe's uh, ability. Ability that is not yeah. successful. It, it, turns is... off, it turns off Desperado, doesn't it? turns it? off Desperado. Yeah. Desperado is a successful run. It is. It is actually That's um, a cool stuff card. like uh, medium and uh, nerve agent. Nerve agent. That's right. It, like uh, pheromones. Yep. Wow! It, I, yeah, it is. At first, you're like, okay, sure, whatever. Okay. Then you're like, oh no, it is a because it is a you, lot of cards. The runner needs to successfully run something. Yeah, and this. I mean, you still get to access. Yeah, you still access. You still just like. There are so many cards that say, if a run is successful, blah 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 blah, do this kick, stuff. Kick the crap. Yeah, like just out of the all court. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
turned off. Turned off. Wow. Yeah. So it's actually nuts. I mean, it, it pinches the corporation a little bit as well, where it's like, after this, you can't use SEA source. You yep. can't use a uh, successful demonstration. Sure. Stuff like that. But in general, it's gross. And it, it seems like it's flexible enough. You're like, oh, Shaper, let's do the R&D thing. Like, ooh, yeah, you can drop like, it on R&D. H- it's crim. So, so okay, so hit, hit me with this then. So I have cesium grid or whatever on my HQ, and he sneak doors me. Oh, what would it do? Um, you If it's on HQ, it's not going to do anything. If it's on the archives, you couldn't use it. Right. So okay. someone drops sneak door, you can what use I, this on the archives. Yeah, they, 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 this card is a lot more uh, flexible yeah. than I initially yeah. imagined. At first, I'm like, oh, yeah, no more emergency shutdown for my sweet Wayland deck. And yeah. now it's like, okay, there's all a lot the all over the place. And it's five to trash, so they got to get in there legitimately and blow this thing up. Yeah. And even, and, and, and uh, again, what I've noticed is when you put down upgrades and stuff on your HQ, the runners are less likely to run on anyways. Yeah. Because you could be doing like the panic button. Will of the Wisp. Will of the Wisp, exactly. Like there's a lot of things you could be doing. So yeah. cool. What is really nice with Christian Grid and uh, Off the Grid, because <laughs> Off the Grid doesn't get trashed until a successful run on HQ is made. Right. So you res this on... HQ. On HQ, they have to get into HQ, trash pay it, fu- get past whatever stuff you have on there, yep, trash it, get back in again, right? Because the run wasn't successful on the p- when you trashed when it, you trashed Christian Grits, oh then you have to run in again, golly. then that will blow up. Cool, that that is probably the, the coolest in faction synergy, I think, is yeah. with off the grid, yeah, that's crazy, unreal, yeah, yeah, you just score your agendas on the moon, yeah. fine. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, what what runner is so insane that they're gonna? I'll I'll go after Waylon because yeah. all their shit's on the moon, and I'm stuck here on Earth, and yeah. I have no way of, of yeah, getting. Yeah, that, that was of all the cards in here. I think on the corpse side it was that, and on the runner side it was the supplier. Where initially you're like, yeah, okay, well, and then, and then right. and then it just like and cascades. Like, oh wait a minute. Oh yeah. wait a minute. Oh wait a minute. Oh wait a minute. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> it's it's like that thing that reignites the sun in sunshine. It's just yes. like. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> And then there's a horrible burnt monster man. Yeah, yeah that, that we didn't need that. But, but it's there. It's there. there. Um, <laughs> uh, finally, uh, last question from uh, John O'Kane. He asks, could you now create a competitive deck without using any of the core set cards? Ooh. Yes. You know, you know, I, I actually think so. Like, I've, I've seen decks that don't run sure gambles and hedge funds, and they do yeah. great. There's a lot of other econ answers. There's a lot of other agenda answers now. Yeah. Especially with the addition of all these um, um, fragments. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I totally think that that's, that's totally doable. Yeah, yeah. What, what I, so I keep flirting with this, uh, with this notion, maybe we should just pull the trigger and do it. I kind of want to run a tournament that has like no weird core? deck building constraints. Ooh, like, yeah, that'd be fun. No corporate, no core cards. No core All cards. All the expansions are fine, but no core cards. I kind of, I kind of look at that. We wouldn't I see think any that siphons. Kind of cool. Criminals would need to. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be down. That'd be great. I yeah. think it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, because you think it's like, oh, but what would? What, oh God, I don't know. What would we do without like scorched earth? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, sure, that's okay. But like, yeah. what do we do without like? Uh, emergency shutdown. That wasn't actually in the course. That's right. Yeah. What about R and D interface? It's like that wasn't in the course. Set. Right. Yeah. And uh, I guess medium was in the core set. Um, medium was. Nerve agent wasn't. Data suckers. We finally wouldn't have any data suckers. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah. It would. I think it would be cool. I kind of. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. I think that'd be maybe fun. Like, that'd be fun. Maybe, 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 maybe we can get some feedback if some people think that's a cool idea. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if folks think that's cool or have other like. 
weird constraints. Yeah, like, that would make an interesting tournament. Blindfolded know. tournament, and you bring in a... <laughs> you bring, <laughs> it's like that blind dining. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I did that once. Yeah? How was it? It was actually really enjoyable. It was, at, uh, it was in Montreal. Oh, wow. Did yeah. it, like, you, was, it, was the taste amped up, or no? Could you even tell? Yeah. Like, yeah, what, what, oh, so what was actually... The weird, single weirdest thing, I mean, aside from like you have some vague notion of what you're reading, but not really, the fact that your perception of space in the room you're oh, yeah. in is just... Just it felt like we were dining in some giant cavern. Wow. You just have no idea how big it is, right? You're like, I mean, I can I can vaguely hear like a few other conversations. Does that just mean this is a small room and there aren't any other people in here? Or maybe we're in a really, really, really big room. Or <laughs> yeah, it was, there's actually there's one here in Vancouver now as well as well as one in uh, Toronto. Oh, and I'm sure there are some in the states too. I just don't know where. But yeah, it's it is a weird, cool thing that people should do. On note of something not at all related to Netrunner. <laughs> <laughs> Come for the card games. Stay for the weird for the... dining experiences. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if folks do have any like questions about like weird tournament deck building stuff or whatever, um, you can email us, as always, at Terminal7 at IdleThumbs.net. Um, if you have any questions, feedback, thoughts, whatever, whatever, you can hit us up there or just on uh, Twitter at Term7. Um, this week, we had a brand new friend helping us record the podcast. That's right. Mr. Gordon McLattery. Yeah. He is, uh, he's actually doing all the sound for Viking Squad. Yes. He, no, he, he's not doing our, all our sound. He's actually our composer. Composer, he's, sorry. All the, music, all the music. All the music. That's what I meant. But uh, yeah, and he's, he's amazing. He's, yep. he's, he's doing a really great job. He just the recently... Music for Rogue Legacy? Did the music for Rogue Legacy and a lot of the sound design for Rogue Legacy. Yes. The guy's all over the place. Uh, a Shell in the Pit is his own... Is a his own, uh, I guess, is himself selling his music. It's great music. It's it's, it's really cool. Yeah, check it out. It's, I think it's a shell in the pit dot com. Yeah, if he's looking at a shell in the pit, which is the most confusing name yeah. for anything. It took me while to parse out what that meant, and I'm still not totally no, sure. Actually, I, I can tell you really quickly. It's actually from War of the Worlds. Really? When, when um the and aliens land and they're in that crater, uh -huh. and the army dude's like, a shell in the pit will kill them all. And it totally oh. and it totally doesn't. That's oh, what yeah, it's from. Totally. That's what it's from. Oh, and I was perfect. like, oh, that's so cool. And now I know. And right. now you know. And now everyone that's else knows. It's easy to remember. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's also he just had a great successful Kickstarter of Parkitect, uh, yep. which is great. It's like a roller coaster tycoon game. Sim. Sim. Built by a coder in Germany. Another uh, artist here in Vancouver, yes. Mr. Garrett. Uh, Garrett. Garrett Randall, man, yeah, the, yes. sorry, Garrett Randall, yes, yeah. and Gord is also doing music, so very cool guy. Thank you so much, Gord, yes. for uh, he helped us out, helped us helping us out. But um, and of course, finally, as always, thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his Neo Tokyo OST uh, as our intro and outro music. If you want to check that out, and you should if yep. you haven't, but if you haven't, why are you still listening to this podcast? <laughs> it's at edharrison.bandcamp.com. Boosh! Nice. Cool. Huzzah! Uh, 116. Yeah, this is actually a really nice setup in here. Yeah, man. I don't want to... I don't want to leave. You don't go anywhere else? I <laughs> hang out in this fine zone. <laughs> this finest of zones. Alright. Um, I guess... You, you know how to stop that? I am scared to do so. I will just... <laughs> you sure you want to delete?